All right, good morning. So this is the uh, last week for going over the book Tell Someone by Greg Laurie that we've been uh, taking a look at for the previous five weeks. And so uh, first I just want to say it's, it's been a privilege to lead the Equip Hour. So Adam, thanks for the opportunity. And um, hopefully it's, you feel like you're getting a little more equipped to share the gospel. That personally, it's been, you know, it's challenged some of my I'll say uh, laziness, maybe, um, and and for me personally, uh, it's helped equip me. So hopefully you feel the same way. Um, just as as we start this, like I've been doing, we'll we'll do a review of the previous nine chapters, and then we'll wrap up with the tenth chapter, uh, and then if we have time, we'll do some more practice, like we did last week, because I won't say practice makes perfect, because I'm not sure it's ever like this perfect thing, but. It does make you more comfortable, right? So the more we do that, the better, better off we are. Okay, so uh, chapter one talked about the Great Commission from Jesus to all believers. Uh, we had a little introspection, if you remember, about how we view evangelism. Um, that's worth doing from time to time, I would offer, just so we don't get sort of lazy in our practices and our thinking. Uh, we also talked about the joy that we have to share and also that same joy that we can experience when sharing the gospel. We're reminded in chapter 1 as well that God chooses to work through us regardless of our past or whether we feel like we're the right person. The fact of the matter is we are the right person to share the gospel at that time when we have the opportunity to share the gospel. Um, Chapter 2, if you remember, we did a little introspection on how we view unbelievers. Um, And then we talked about how sharing starts with having the mind of Christ, which is essentially caring for unbelievers, right? That's, that's why God sent his son. Um, and so uh, with that, caring for unbelievers is also thinking about their spiritual state. Um, we also brainstormed who we interact with, how much we care about those people and, and what have you. And so I'd encourage you to either, you know, to keep that or or put a reminder in your phone to periodically update that list of who you're interacting with, right? So maybe that's monthly, maybe it's a New Year's resolution kind of thing where once a year you're like, all right, who do I need to, who do I need to be thinking about I'm going to be interacting with, right? So maybe, you know, monthly is probably a better cycle than annually, but um, that might be something you consider doing. Um, uh, in chapter 2, remember also that you uh, had the quote from Spurgeon, if you can rest without their being saved, they will rest too, right? So we have to have this sense of urgency. We've got to have this, you know, constant thought about, I need to engage others that are unbelievers. Um, because if we don't, then, you know, they just plod through life, like, right? So... Um, we also were reminded that it's not about our feelings, but aligning ourselves with God. So regardless of how we feel about unbelievers in obedience and the fact that we're trying to follow Christ's examples, right, we should then engage unbelievers. Um, and so it doesn't matter how we really feel. Set the feelings aside. Um, let obedience, let the feelings follow the obedience, not the other way around. Um, chapter 3. We talked about why we should share our faith. Uh, we talked about obedience uh, in our response to being saved. Um, we also talked about it brings joy to God, and it let, 
lets others know others know our greatest joy, and joy is the thing that a lot of times that draws people to Christ. And so if we don't share that joy, then a lot of people don't necessarily see it as any thing to pursue. I mean, it's what's what's the cause if you're depressed all the time and you're a Christian, right? I mean, that, that sort of undermines uh, that piece. So we need to remember, even though we're mindful of our state of sin and, and what have you, that joy is what draws others in. Uh, we're also reminded in chapter 3 that we are equipped today to tell someone about Christ. Just the fact that you went through the process of becoming a believer makes you equipped to share, others, uh, share Christ with others. Uh, but we're also reminded, for those of us who have been believers a while, been going to church, reading, learning, that we're not to hoard that information. That's all to prepare us not just to have a relationship with Christ in our in our current relationship with Christ, but also to share that with others. That's part of the equipping process for us to share the good news. In chapter 4, we talked about where to share the gospel. And when we boil it down, it's pretty much everywhere we go, right? Um, But uh, one way to think about it is to personalize the Great Commission. So things, you know, sort of put it in, in more common terms, right? I will go to work or I'll go to the store, or I'll go to my neighborhood to preach and teach the gospel. All right, so, um, you know, as a reminder, that might be something you put, like, in your devotion book or something, right? Put it on the front page where there's something that you flip to. If you keep notes, maybe you put that in, and you sort of remind yourself, everywhere I go, I'm supposed to be looking for opportunities and trying to take advantage of, of the opportunity to share the gospel. Uh, we're also reminded in chapter 4 that we're not called to run away from preaching the good news. Uh, we use the example of Jonah. Uh, we were also reminded that we're there for our purpose. And we have the example of Esther. Um, and then we're reminded not to think of sharing as happenstance or coincidence, but providence. And that God ordained our days so we can act with confidence we can remind ourselves that God has us exactly where we're supposed to be that day in his providence and that in his ordination of our days. And then, therefore, we can act with full confidence. We don't have to be shy or wonder, is this the time? If the opportunity is there, we have the opportunity to act. We should, because God's ordained our days. Uh, don't forget that also, in chapter 4, reminded, don't forget that you sometimes have to earn, I should say more than sometimes, often, you have to learn or earn the right to be heard, uh, especially in today's culture, right? There's, there's this sort of almost an innate lack of trust of people you don't know. Even people you do know, there's sort of an innate lack of trust, and therefore we have to a lot of times earn the right to be heard, which means a lot of times forming a relationship so there's enough trust that they'll be willing to engage in the deeper things in life and not just the superficial things. Um, we're also reminded to expect people to respond as unbelievers would. Um, so, you know, expect people to act true to form, right? And expect the responses to be those things that you hear in the world and cultural, uh, culturally influenced responses. And so... 
when we build that expectation right, then, it, then we're not struggling when we're going through the process. You sort of go in with the expectation that that's part of the conversation. Um, but with that, you know, there's also opportunities uh, to talk about spiritual things because a lot of people do bring up spiritual things, and I believe this, and oh, really? Okay. Right? There's all sorts of open doors that go with that. Um, so we uh, have lots of doors and, and potential bridges uh, to bridge the conversation to something different. Uh, lastly, in chapter 4, we talked about how people are the primary way God has chosen to reach others. And so we have a role. Right? Just usually doesn't work terribly well. Just shove a, a Bible in front of somebody. God has chosen us to help explain his word, explain the good news to others. In chapter 5, we talked about when we should share the gospel. We were reminded to be intentional uh, and deliberate, to pray, to prepare, to act, to always be available. And then we brainstormed, if you remember, some open doors that are usually around us. Uh, So again, good thing, right? You might just want to write down, you know, monthly, you know, who, where, when to share the gospel. Like, maybe that's your monthly sort of review of, okay, or weekly or whatever it is, you know, just so you're mindful of when there's opportunities. But with that, there comes that preparation. There comes the prayer, right? Praying for those people, praying for the opportunities, praying that the Holy Spirit will work through you, right? That's part of the preparation, um, but then there's also a little bit of thinking that goes into it, a little bit of deliberate thought. Okay, I have the opportunity. I'm, I know I'm doing this this week or this month or whatever. Now, if the opportunity comes up, what could I potentially say to get that conversation going? Or how could I build trust with that person? That might be what you're considering, right? So that I can potentially have that open door. Um, so... There is some preparation. There's some deliberate uh, need to, to do some things. Okay, uh, we also um, brainstormed, you know, some of those open doors so that we can recognize them a little easier. Um, and then in chapter 6, we took a look at how Jesus tailored his, his approach to each person. We were reminded that a good place to start is by asking unbelievers about themselves, because most people want to talk about themselves and things they're doing. Uh, We were reminded to listen and not to interrupt them, so we better understand their viewpoint and beliefs, and then how to address that in a conversation. So performing the next argument makes it really hard to understand what they're saying and why they're saying it. Sometimes that's the most important part because that, a lot of times, is what will allow a discussion to take place. And remember, there's a couple of proverbs out there about being slow to speak and blah, blah, blah. Right? Listen. Um, there's also uh, a technique that Jesus modeled was to ask questions. So he reminded that's a good way to do things. Uh, another was making a spiritual point and seeing how they can respond or how they might respond. And then that being a, a potential door to, to go through and, and talk to them about. We're also reminded, don't forget that people are searching, 
and they need someone to tell them and show them the way. So when we have that in mind, just think about how that changes things, right? If, we, if your mindset is people are always just putting up a brick wall, then you're probably not going to put the same kind of effort into sharing the gospel, right? Because you think it's a lost cause. But if your mindset is, no, people are searching. Like they're truly trying to find something better, which you can see throughout culture, right? I mean, it's in front of us every day. You can look at commercials on TV and see, you know, you can see this is prevalent. So when we have that is our mindset, I think that changes how we approach things. Because now we see that there almost always is an open door. And we just have to maybe nudge it open a little further, right? By asking the questions, by making spiritual points, those types of things that Jesus modeled for us. Um, okay, and then... Uh, the author also reminded us, you probably have to ask at various times, do you understand? Because sometimes some of these things are so foreign, don't forget where they're at in their spiritual state, they can be so foreign that they just sometimes don't understand. And sometimes it's, you know, think about those of you who have kids, right? You ask them to do something, they're like, uh-huh, right? And you're like, do you understand? No, they don't? Okay. And then you have to reemphasize it, right? You have to help maybe state it a different way so they get it. It's, it's the same thing, right, um, when, when we don't understand. But a, a lot of people sometimes, if they're uncomfortable, um, you know, they're not going to say, well, wait a second, you know, I want to dig a little deeper on that, right? Um, you, you might run into that, but a lot of times they won't. So sometimes we have to ask that. Uh, the author then also, uh, you know, said, hey, feel free to invite them to church or other outreach activities, right? Um, don't, th- there's other ways to, you know, they're, they're, maybe they're showing some interest. They're not willing to go too deep. So there's other opportunities where we can help draw them into where they can interact with others. And maybe that's our role so they can, you know, maybe I invite them. And, you know, Randy's the one who really has that conversation with them because they connect a little better or something like that. And so sometimes we have to invite him into some other things. Um, so that's another, another thing we can do. Um, and then lastly in that chapter, uh, the author reminded us not to argue or raise our voices because those tend to be really big turnoffs in sharing the gospel. People don't like being argued with and told they're wrong uh, straight to their face in a very aggressive manner. Right? It usually does not work terribly well. Just think about it, how we respond to those kind of conversations. Okay, uh, chapter 7 uh, gave us the example of Jesus and the rich young ruler and shows us how, you know, the fact of the matter is some will value earthly things more than Christ even when they've heard the truth. Um, and uh, having the mind of Christ means that we still love them. Just because they reject the truth does, today doesn't mean that they're not worth sharing with more in the future. Um, and, uh, and then chapter 7 also talked about keeping your eye on the ball and bringing it back to Christ. All, all these conversations, sharing the gospel, it's got to be about Christ. Um, it's not about our background. It's not how great our lives were before we were saved. Now it's boring when we remember these conversations. We talked about this last week, right? It's about Christ. It's about the joy that Christ uh, has brought us, and and 
ultimately, it's all about Christ. Uh, also reminded in chapter 7 about answering questions with questions. So that being that it helps people think about what they said. Sometimes they say things because it's the cultural comment, right? And that's what you're supposed to say or whatever. But when you ask them, they sort of, hmm, I don't know what that really means. Huh, okay. And then maybe that's the opportunity uh, to talk. Uh, Lastly, in that chapter, uh, we talked about how when the Holy Spirit nudges us, we're to act. Not wait, not ponder whether or not the Holy Spirit is nudging us. If, 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 you, if you feel that nudge from the Holy Spirit that we should talk, just do it, right? Just do it. Um, there's no reason to hesitate and overanalyze how the Holy Spirit is nudging you uh, because the opportunity may pass by in the process of, of doing that. Uh, chapter 8, uh, we talked about the power of our personal story. And we try to capture a few points to remember. We tried to practice talking about that some. Um, again, we were warned not to glorify our past or make it sound like it was our sacrifice. You know, again, it's all about Christ. It's about Christ's sacrifice for us. Um, and so that was a good reminder, right? Stay on target. Talk about Christ. Uh, chapter 9 uh, then reminded us about what the gospel is, that it's good news. Um, and that we shouldn't, when we're talk, sharing the gospel, we shouldn't just share the good news. We have to also remember to tell the whole story, right? There's the bad news side of this. If, you don't, if you're not saved, you are going to hell, right? Um, and, uh, and so, it, you know, we owe it to others. So they're making, when they're making a decision, they're making a fully informed decision. They understand what that decision means. Um, and so the author was uh, reminding us about telling the whole truth. Be clear and keep it focused on Christ and how he saved you and how God provided a way for you to spend eternity with him. Um, The author reminded us the gospel is not about half-truths or relative to a person's circumstances. Uh, He also reminded us to use the word of God since it's never wrong. Can't go wrong with using scripture. Um, But he was... But he also said, be mindful of who you're talking with and use language in the terms that they can understand, right? So you use scripture, but sometimes you might have to use it a little more conversationally until they understand what they're doing. Because if you go like, you know, old King James, it might not quite make sense, right? The these and thous probably aren't going to make sense to most people because we don't speak old English today. Um, you know, good reminder to yourself if, if you're sort of wondering is, you know, Randy's a Ph.D., right? Randy's not going to use Ph.D. terms with a fifth grader. So, you know, it's the same kind of thing, right? You don't, you don't go Ph.D. on them when, you know, they're, you know, when they don't understand anything that you're talking about. They just won't get it. Um, also, the author said, look, you don't have to dispute every inaccuracy Rather, rather, you just show them where their argument about being a good person or whatever the case is just falls apart, right? So you just ask them questions and help them understand why their argument is not a sound argument, so to speak. Um, but but if, you, if you get into the, you know, trying to dispute everything they say is wrong, it turns into that discussion, puts them on the defensive. Um, so, you know, we talked about how when, uh, when a person says, yeah, but I'm a good person, you know, 
you don't have to say, no, you're a terrible person. You know, you're a sinner. Like, it, well, that's going to put them on the defensive. So you can say things like, well, I'm sure you're a good person in many ways, right? And then bridge into the next part of that conversation. Um, also, the author uh, reminded us, remember that it is good news. So share it like, share it like it's good news. It, it's serious business, yes. Uh, but if you can't even put a smile on your face while you're sharing good news, it's probably not coming across as good news. It's just coming across as news. Right, so uh, something to be remember about, it, it, be mindful about. Um, don't forget to smile and be excited about the good parts, <laughs> so to speak. Right. Uh, we also talked about uh, reaching the nuns, uh, which is the term uh, that's that's out there for those who have no religious leanings. Um, and. Uh, there were a few th- few points under that, right? Don't be ashamed or shy because, you know, culture says everyone's doing it their own way. Well, hey, it's your way, right? So you can talk about your way as much as anybody can talk about what they think. Uh, Adam reminded us in, in that in a sermon, right? Um, also, uh, have confidence. Let the lion out is what the author says, right? Let the lion out of the cage. Uh, then also assess the situation and adapt, right? Go back to Jesus' example. Every situation is different. Every person has a different background, different circumstances. Um, and so we can do that. Um, again, a reminder about speaking in a way they can understand. And then maybe most importantly, use scripture. Um, and again, reminder about using it conversationally. Uh, So that leads us to this chapter, which is chapter 10. It's titled, Closing the Deal. Uh, So he starts off the chapter saying, has anyone been close but not know how to finish it? So you just sort of stopped. I don't know. Has that ever happened to anybody? Maybe? I don't know. Okay. Yes. Good. Thanks. That's helpful. All right. Um, So what the author says is, he just starts right up front and just says, look, Simply ask, would you like to ask Jesus Christ into your heart right now? Like, just, you just don't wait. You just ask. Or you might say, is there any reason you should not accept Jesus Christ into your life? And for the first question, they might say, no. And then, okay, continue the discussion. Why not? Would be the next logical question. Or if there's any reason, okay, let's talk about that reason. Let's talk about why that's in, in the way. Because I really want you to know Christ personally, right? Um, but uh, what he goes into then at that point is says, well, just don't overcomplicate it, right? And and sometimes there's things like tracks that you can use. Uh, Matthew Matthew's not here this week. Uh, Matthew passed me a box of tracks. You can actually order like a whole box of tracks. Um, you know, so there's like you know people like money. So well, that's a big track. One of the bigger ones I've seen. But, hey, people like money, right? Um, there's one that looks like an iPhone, right? A little, little messenger thing, and then it's got stuff on the back. Okay, that might be a cool one to, to, to leave somebody or something. Um, there's another one. You know, here's a little, it says smart card, right? And it's like, put your thumb on this little, little thing and hold it for 15 seconds. If you're good, it'll turn bright green. Of course, it doesn't turn any colors. Um, <laughs> So, you know, but these are the things that sometimes people, people look at, right? Um, 
Who's, on, who's ever on Facebook? And you see those like little intelligence tests and stuff that pop up, right? By the way, don't answer them, because when you start doing that stuff, it starts taking information about you. But nonetheless, people like to answer these things, because they're like, oh, I'll see how smart I am, right? And so some of these things, you know, you're sort of, you know, it's just sort of, you're answering this question or that question, but it weaves in a couple of questions that hmm, makes them hopefully think a little bit. And then hopefully they go on to look at the answers, and then the answers explains the gospel story some, right? So there's things like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take like, let me see. I'll, I'll take half of them, just sort of pass them around. Um, and by the way, you can take one. If you see one that you're interested in, just take it. Matthew said he doesn't need them back. So, um, you know, go ahead and uh, take a look and see if there's something that interests you. Just pass them around and, you know, if there's something that, that's there, go ahead and take it. Um, again, it's not about the track, but uh, what is interesting is there's actually a tract in there, by the way. If you're, if you're the lucky person that finds it, you can you know, keep it or whatever. But it's a tract about how to share tracts. So, um, you know, there's, uh, there's different ways. In the book, the author uses an example of one of his first opportunities sharing the gospel. Uh, he's, he's like 19 or so, uh, and he didn't know what he was doing, and... Had some tracks, and he thought, well, I'm supposed to just, you know, pass these out. And, and so he went on the beach, and he was in Venice Beach area in L.A. So he goes on the beach, and he literally walks up to a lady who's sitting there sunbathing and says, you know, can I share this with you? And he had no idea what he was doing, and he read through the track. And, and he said, as he's thinking about it, he's like, well, this is never going to work. I'm literally just reading it verbatim. And, but at the end, he said, the track said, now ask, would you like to know Christ? And her answer was yes. Okay, so even when you think, even if it's that, right, the Holy Spirit can work through what's being said and what's being shared. That's the Holy Spirit's business. Point is, you don't necessarily have to be overly creative. Sometimes you can use tools like this. Um, we have some others, I think, out in the, out in the North X or entryway, right, Adam? You've mentioned it a couple times. Um, so we can always get you some if, if we need to. Um, but think about ways that, yeah, okay, maybe you don't have an opportunity to engage in a longer conversation, but I know there's some people that might leave a tract with the tip um, at a restaurant. Hopefully, you know, maybe they'll read it. Maybe the busboy will read it. Maybe the waitress will read it, right? Um, you might think that it's just getting thrown in the trash, but the author actually reminds us that he, sa he said, look, I had been given probably like, I can't remember what, he, what the number was. It was something like 20 or 30 tracks up to the point before he got saved, and he had kept every single one of them in a drawer because he had questions, and he would read them, and it wasn't quite making sense. And then it was somebody actually verbally sharing the gospel with him that it all sort of made sense. But he kept going back and rereading those things. So you think sometimes, well, it might end up in the trash. And the fact of the matter is it might. But it also might be read, right? And you might not be the person who ever has a conversation with that waitress or busboy or whatever it is again 
but somebody else might have that conversation and be able to follow up on it. So, um, you know, some of those tracks that you're seeing, some of them might be appropriate to share, some of them might not, I mean, right, adapt to the situation. But the point is, um, you know, that, that there are tools out there, right? If you're going to give money to a homeless person, you know, Jesus a lot of times he took care of the personal need and then shared the spiritual side, right, in that order. So maybe you do that. But again, don't give them a track that's really hard to read if, you don't, if you're not confident the person can read it. Um, you might, if you have an opportunity, you know. So I have, I've, I've had some friends that have said, look, I keep like three different kinds of tracks in my glove department. If I ever feel a need, like maybe I'm just pulling up by a light, maybe I'm going to give the person some money, maybe I'll pull out one of those and, you know, try to say something because you're not going to be there very long, but maybe they'll look at it. Maybe when they're sitting at the light, hoping somebody else gives them money, maybe they start paging through it, right? You don't know. Um, so, uh, so you have that. Okay, so going back to the, uh, the question, you know, would you like to ask Jesus Christ into your heart right now? A lot of folks would think, you know, well, yeah, that's, it's not that simple. But I'd offer, take a look at like a Billy Graham crusade, right? Have you ever watched one? or excerpts of one, right? Billy Graham preaches generally a fairly simple message. And at the end, what does he say? Would you like to ask Christ into your heart right now, right? I mean, it's, and, and thousands of people, which means it's not that complicated. You don't have to have a Billy Graham crusade, but he doesn't do it any more complicated than what the author is suggesting. So uh, the point is, um, we just have to remember to close the deal, right? We have to remember... To ask the question. Um, the author uh, poses there's no harm in asking the question, right? It, that question is not going to drive them away. The worst case scenario is it's, it's not right now or no, but at least you had the conversation and there's an opportunity to ask. And not asking um, is a little bit uh, delinquent, so to speak. Um, he does remind us, though, our job is proclamation, not manipulation. So it's important to ask, but not pressure them. It needs to be their decision, not them. Let's say you're talking to a people pleaser, and they don't want to disappoint you. Like, that would not be a good reason for somebody to come to Christ. Right? It needs to be true repentance. It needs to be them believing in Christ, not just saying things to please others. So... Um, he does, he does mention sometimes even closing the deal is, is overlooked in churches and sermons and things. And, you know, when the gospel message is preached, sometimes we, you know, need to do that as well. So those of you who have speaking opportunities, this isn't targeted at Adam, but Adam does that if, if you listen in his sermons. But, you know, those of you who have speaking opportunities places, um, don't forget that piece as well that uh, if you're sharing the gospel, it's important to invite people either to talk about it more or just to know Christ, right? Um, the author feels very strongly that if someone wants to commit their life to Christ after they understand, we should act on it immediately. Um, the Holy Spirit's working, um, and so we don't need to wait for the next church service. We don't need to wait for the next conversation. And then he offers, you know, what might a prayer of salvation look like? I'll just read what he offers. Some of you have different things. Just remember how you prayed, and you're probably there, right? You can, you've got a good example. 
Um, but his uh, example prayer is, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, but also know that you are the Savior. Forgive my sins. I repent of them now. And I choose to follow you from this moment forward as my Savior and Lord, my God and friend. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and rising again from the dead. I ask you to come into my life. I choose to follow you from this day forward. Thank you for loving me, calling me, and accepting me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, take a prayer like that. You know, if, if, you're, if it's not something that you're comfortable with, you know, sort of having ready, you can slip it in your wallet, you can slip it in your purse, you can, whatever, keep it in your car. If the opportunity arises, you're like, hey, I just happen to have this prayer, we can pray together, right? Um, okay, and then, uh, and just remember from last week, right, that prayer just basically follows the same story every Christian has, right? It, you, you're a sinner, you need to repent, um, you know, you acknowledge that uh, Christ is the only way and, and forgives. There's trusting in Christ, and that there's uh, and then following Christ. It's not too much compl- more complicated, right? And so, just you can think about your own personal story. Like if you're in that circumstance and you're sort of like, oh, shoot, what do I, What's the exact prayer I need to pray? just basically follow the salvation story, right? And you got it. Okay. Um, then lastly in chapter 10, the author reminds us that there is a part two to Matthew 18, or 28, 19 to 20, which is the teaching them part, right? So there's the preaching and the teaching. So we have to remember um, that the command doesn't stop with just sharing the gospel and somebody coming to know Christ. Uh, there's more to it. Can somebody read uh, 1 Thessalonians 2, 7 to 14? Can we get somebody to... Who's interested in reading? Okay, so there's, there's some key points to pull out of that about this next, the teaching part, the discipleship part, right? Um, when we read that and we see what Paul is writing, you know, he, I'm just going to pull out some key words that maybe you could key in on, right? 
uh, gentle approach, right? Taking care. Uh, you know, he uses the word affectionately, right? Ready to share um, oneself if needed. Um, next little section there, you could just sort of put in parentheses and say it's about caring for others. Uh, not being a burden. Uh, proclaiming the gospel. So there's, you know, you have to keep keep talking about what the gospel says to a, to a new believer. Um, there's the example of righteous and blameless, or the example of a person to a new believer of being righteous and blameless conduct, right? Giving them an example to follow so they have something to, to um, try to aspire towards. There's the exhorting piece. There's the encouraging piece. Uh, and then clarifying to them how to walk rightly. Uh, so, you know, that, that's a pretty decent guide there that Paul has written about and the scripture gives us. Uh, the author goes in the, in the book to talk about how we have to dedicate some time for people to grow, and therefore we have to make that time, and we have to plan on it. If we don't, so if you're in a fortunate place of having a relationship and somebody comes to Christ, at that point, Honestly, I would say with the busyness of our lives, you might want to step back pretty quick and say, now how am I going to help that person grow? Which means reordering your life. Not just throwing them in on top, making that more of a priority, right? Um, remember the parable of the seeds, right? If there's no water or rain on the field, then the seeds might as well be thrown on the road and, and they don't grow. Um, so... Uh, so we have that. The author also says, look, you simply can't grow spiritually without being an active member or participant in a local church. So whether it's they come here, whether it's they go to another church, help them get plugged in to a body of believers that can encourage them, that can help them grow um, so they don't turn into those seeds being thrown on the road. Uh, he brings out the, the reminder in, in the story in Acts 9, 13 to 15 about Ananias, right? Paul needed, Paul needed somebody to explain things right out of the gates, right? And then later on, you have Barnabas in Acts 9, 26. And, and what the author offers up here is, hey, if we had more Ananiases and Barnabas, we'd have a lot more Pauls. Just think about that for a second. So you might be more of a Paul. You might be more of an Ananias. You might be a Barnabas. Pick one. Right? But we're all called to share the gospel. Barnabas still shared the gospel, right? I mean, but he was a very important part. Ananias was a very important part in Saul, Saul's both conversion and growing early on. And so just think about that. Like, you have an opportunity to do more than just share the gospel. You could also be an Ananias or a Barnabas, encouraging, exhorting other people to grow in their faith. Okay. Um, then he also he has an epilogue in the book, but it has lots of good thoughts, final thoughts, and reminders. Um, and one of those is that when we're doing, when we're sharing the gospel, he says, you know, quote, "I believe you will find yourself, dare I say it, addicted to serving God. You will find the joy and happiness in serving others and helping them come and grow in their faith in Christ." I think that's pretty true. So consider that, right? What we want is all of us becoming addicted to that, right? And, and that's just sort of overflowing. 
That, that would be an awesome place for Grace Bible Church to be, right? Um, so, um, doesn't mean like it's going to happen overnight or whatever, but if we're mindful of the right things and, and we're purposeful about it, you know, we can, we can help others come to Christ. Uh, he also reminds us that sharing our faith is not an option. I'll repeat that. It's not an option for us as followers of Jesus Christ. He told us to tell someone, so we have a role to tell someone. First um, Corinthians 3, 5 to 6, you know, we talked, uh, Adam preached on Apollos, right? Um, and, and his role uh, last week, I think it was. Um, and so that talks about, you know, it says, what, what after all is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord is assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So, you know, what do you take out of that? Well, Paul planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase, right? Well, you have the opportunity to plant. You have the opportunity to water, right? God's going to take care of the increase part, right? So we just have to do our part. But somebody's got to plant and somebody's got to water. That's how God has ordained our role. Uh, we're called to faithfulness. Uh, and then he reminds us we're always not going to feel like progress is happening. You know, a lot of us could probably say that with a lot of family members uh, or some friends that we've had a long time, and, and it's sort of frustrating. He reminds us that Noah was building an ark for about 100 years. A lot of people ask questions, I'm sure, right? And there wasn't a whole lot of yield of those, you know, him talking about God and why he's building an ark, or at least there's not evidence of it, right? <laughs> so, um, so if you think you're having a drought with certain people, just remember Noah, and that's not to make you despair, but, you know, 20 years in our life, you know, Noah had to suffer through that 100 years, and, and God still, uh, you know, in the end, ordained the outcome. So we, we you know, Bottom line is, you might feel like you're the worst to share in the gospel, but when you start having those thoughts, remember it's not about you. It's about the person you're sharing the gospel with. right? And when we keep it focused on the person and their needs, we become a lot less self-conscious, and those barriers aren't in the way. Just remember the Holy Spirit will equip us with what we need. Um, and so all we really have to do is our part, right? And some that, that looks, again, prayer, preparation, availability, and acting, and we can leave the results in the hands of God. And the author uh, leads us with a few final thoughts, right? You can't lead everyone to Christ, but by God's grace, we can lead someone to Christ. So just, right, we just have to tell someone. Um, so let's start with the ones we come in contact with today or this week. Let's do what we can while we can. And let's get busy and tell someone about Christ. So uh, we got the prayer in the bulletin. If you get the bulletin, I'm going to read it. But this week it asks you, as I read it, think about what it says, and then I'm going to ask us all to pray that together. Okay. So the prayer says, Lord, equip me with the knowledge of your word and desire to share your story so I can tell them about you and help them grow. Give me a love for others and help me to further your church. 
Help me to act without delay in preaching and teaching your word. Help me to encourage others to grow in their faith and to share Christ with others. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So if you join me with praying that, if you feel so lit. So, Lord, equip me with the knowledge of your word and desire to share your story so I can tell them about you and help them grow. Give me a love for others and help me to preach and teaching your word. Help me to encourage. Sorry about that. I forgot to up my notes, update my notes with the updated prayer. So, thank you for praying it, though. Okay. Uh, so, so, challenges to leave you with. Um, pray about your witness to others regularly. Uh, set a reminder in your phone or a calendar if that's how you do reminders. Uh, but remember to pray about that. Uh, spend time preparing. Be intentional, whether it's uh, daily, weekly, monthly. Uh, but try to be intentional about sharing the gospel. Um, another thing we can do is hold each other accountable in our obedience to Christ. So, you know, maybe it's a small group, maybe it's a church. When you're having a conversation about how your week go, ask the question, did you get the opportunity to share your faith with somebody else? Let's keep that in the forefront of our minds. And that's not like, hey, if you didn't do it, you're a terrible person, and okay, we need to talk about your sin, and Right? It's, it's just, if we're constantly encouraging each other, then, and reminding each other about this, uh, then that will help us uh, remember about it and, and what have you. So, we have a responsibility to hold each other accountable, and that's a simple way to do it. Um, carve out time as well to share the gospel and to follow up. Remember, it might be that second or third conversation that really matters. And, of course, the last challenge here is to actually tell someone, right? Um, So that completes our book. Thanks, everybody.